Hey guys, this is Ed, Paul, and Anna of Current Brand Media, and we are here to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. Sportsball is a great subscription service geared towards minor league baseball fans. Each box features a different minor league team. You get a box every three months with minor league baseball gear, including different styles of hats like Ed's favorite, the dad hat. The cost is less than $12 a month. Proceeds from each box goes to More Than Baseball, the only nonprofit dedicated to the well-being of minor league baseball players. We all know that Parents' Days are coming up this summer. So if you've got a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa who are particularly difficult to buy for, but you know they're baseball fans, this is the answer, guys. Meet your new favorite team at sportsballbox.com. Is there anybody there? <laughs> What's up, Deadhead Crew? Ed here. And on this episode, we sat down with Philip Trigar of Legend Sports. He is the very first person who actually interviewed me on his podcast, right? When I first started Deadhead Chronicles, he was the very first one to interview me. So I think it was uh, it was uh, prudent of me to also, um, you know, come and uh, have him on my podcast. We talk baseball. We also talk about the work that he's doing with the uh, Negro Leagues baseball. So without further ado, guys, I'll give you the episode. All right. Well, I want to welcome you guys to yet another episode of the Dad Hat Chronicles. My name is Ed. And with me today, I have a gentleman from Legend Sports, the man himself, Philip. How you doing, my friend? Good, man. Thank you, Ed. Thank you for having me aboard. You know what? Uh, you're actually one of my first, uh, actually, if not my first uh, podcast that I've, uh, you know, interview that I've ever given since I started this whole, you know, journey of deadheads and all this, all this stuff. So, you know, I felt that it was, you know, appropriate to have you come on my podcast now and, <sighs> and talk some sports, you know, baseball history, all that good stuff, you know? Yeah. You know, I thought about that when you, when we were, when you asked me this, um, that I thought, yeah, you know what? I hope maybe I had a little bit of uh, inspiration that I gave you to uh, to do it because you know everybody loved the the little uh, videos you've been putting out on Instagram and everything else for a while, and it just kind of sets up for doing this kind of thing, having talks, talking to different people about different things. It makes it a lot of fun, you know. So it, it does. I'm glad I'm glad you started doing it. It's cool, you know. It, yeah. It's it's been a, it's been a good journey. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I wouldn't be able to 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 do what I'm doing right now. And in, in all honesty, um, without the support uh, that I have gotten from so many people, including you uh, on Twitter, on social media, you know, Instagram, yeah. all of that, because everybody's been very supportive. And then, you know, I've got nothing but praise and, you know, and I'm always looking to improve. Right. There's this is a, an ever go, you know, going, you know, mm -hmm. thing that um, I you know, I started with just a video, the the audio and doing some video now. So it's all, you know, a good thing. Mm -hmm. It is. And you know what? That's what it's all about. And that's the one thing I'm glad you, you pointed that out. Um, being supportive of each other on social media and, and other things. That's really, you know, important. Uh, boy, I, I, I don't know. You've probably seen them, right? But there's people who... Um, they have, they call them follow trains and, hey, tweet this out and yeah. we'll get you a bunch of followers. And it's like, 
ah, you know what? I don't really know if I want those kinds of followers. I would rather have people who uh, get me and what I'm trying to do, and hopefully they like it, and maybe they get other people, and and that's the kind of people that, uh, and and those people tend to be the ones who interact with you, who and make who, it uh, grow organically, right? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Uh, they end up uh, being the ones who. Um, when you put something out, they, they are giving you feedback. They're, 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 they're helping you out and, and it, it's slower going, but, oh, absolutely. It's not, it's, but it's not all about, you know, the number of followers that you get, because most of the time, um, you know, maybe those are the people you're muting anyway. <laughs> at the end because it's like, wait a yeah. minute, what am I getting on my feed here? What is, where is this coming from? And right. like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So no, I get it. I You're right. It. And, and, and it needs to grow. Like I said, it needs to grow organically and you got to have good content. Not, and yeah. I'm not saying good content in a sense of like, oh, it needs to be flashy and all that. It, it needs to be good in a way that it, it brings on a positive outlook and uh, bring on positivity out there. Right. Because there's enough negativity already oh, that we God, have going yeah. on in the world. Right. <laughs> For sure. For so, sure. I I, yeah. I like to, you know, with this whole deadhead things that I'm doing and all this stuff and, and get to know more people that are just like me or, you know what, they collect things that I may not be, able, you know, have ever thought about or, you know, have a, a, a unique history about collecting or how they fell in love with sports and things like along those lines. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you are collecting hats. Uh Paul has ice cream helmets. Other people have full-size helmets. Other people have cards. Other people have other memorabilia. Other people collect bumper stickers, whatever it is, right? Right, exactly. Everybody's, everybody's got their own little niche and what they like to do and what they like to have hanging around. I, I had a, a friend of mine when I was growing up. He was into collecting uh, little pins, like the little, you know, the little, uh, yeah. I don't know what the. They're going on the shirts and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, wherever you want to put them, right? He had hundreds of them from teams and events and all kinds nice. of stuff. I mean, probably could start his own <laughs> podcast <laughs> on just the pins alone just, i mean and you know and some of that stuff is really really cool i mean it, it and it's unique and you know you get some of these things i mean uh, you know you've probably seen it with the hats and everything else right I and mean, sometimes you can't they're vintage after a while and you can't find them and and it makes it kind of cool and they all tell a story mm -hmm. they all they all have you didn't just get it you know you he he remembered where he got everyone he remembered right. how much he paid for them you know he, he knew everything about them and, it, and that's what's kind of fun about it yeah it is yeah. I, uh, um was it um, uh, um hardy the hat guy says i collect a hand uh a, a hat and a handshake and i think that was very very telling of you know what we do as collectors and you know meeting people and you know yeah. things like that yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, and I think it's, it's just something that it's everybody's different way to express mm -hmm. um, whatever that is uh, that they got inside them about the sport, right. because, you know, in the conversations I've been having with people, I mean, everybody's got their own way of expressing mm -hmm. uh, something and their fandom or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. And, and it just makes it, it makes just makes it uh uh, a lot of fun and hearing the stories are great. I mean, I think, and people appreciate, 
you know, when they're able, they're, they're not just doing it in a vacuum, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not just doing it. And the wife's like, what are you doing that for? You know, like, no, that, that there are other people out there like you that, that kind of do these kinds of things. And it's, it's, it's it a lot of fun. fun. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Is. I, I'm glad you're having a good time doing it. Cause I, I know when I had you on, boy, that's a long time ago already. Right. That was back <laughs> in like May, I guess it was. Maybe yeah, it's, it's, already, been a, it's been a, it's been a while. Five, six months. And, yeah. Time flies. I mean, uh, yeah, um, I panicked the other night because uh, I don't know why I thought you told me Tuesday. Oh, and, that's right. Yeah. And here, here it was. Um, my wife gets home. My son had been uh, not feeling well. He's staying home from school. My little guy, and she she came home and she was like, "Oh, you know, maybe we better go take him and go get get checked." So we ended up at at the little urgent care down the street here, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's fine. No, no. COVID, you know, and that kind of stuff, thankfully. It's a, but, it's a scary but, situation, though. Like, you know, yeah, having, that, crazy. having your you son being, or my daughter got, you know, it's it's like, oh, yeah. the anxiety level just I rises. Know. Yeah. So there we were at this place at uh, uh, eight o'clock. And I'm like, oh, man, shoot. I, the, the, the first thought went through my head was, oh, no, you know, I was supposed <laughs> to. I was, I, and I'm glad when you told me because I was trying to text you. I tried to call you. Yeah. <laughs> what's, he, what's he bugging me for? You know, but yeah, so I, I panicked because I thought I had the wrong days. No worries. Yeah. So I've, I've, you know what? Uh, and, and I'll say this. I've made that mistake. I was like, you know, the other day I um, mistakenly uh, double booked to people. Uh, and that even I totally didn't even mean to do it or anything. So yeah. I'm freaking out and everything. I'm like, okay, so let's see what we can do. Uh, I'll have, you know, one uh, at eight 30. And then once I'm done there, I'll take a quick break and then, you know, jump in on the other one and do the yeah. interview, you know, cause yeah. you know, it was my fault. I did it. I did it to myself, you know, and you know, and I, you're probably like me, um, you're trying to, you gotta, everybody's got, jobs and family and things Correct. that they're doing and so you got to kind of be flexible and hopefully that they're flexible with you and and understand that yeah you know i can't do this uh, and if, and you, if you want to do it work with me a little bit right, right exactly yeah. and that's why i yeah. do it at night anyways you know just because that's the time where it's like you know my daughter's going to sleep my wife is doing her own thing you know yeah. everybody's having a time and, and now i'm get to do this in my office and just yeah. have some fun have some good conversation about sports yeah, so you got the, that nice setup you got going on back there, man. Yeah, I got the hats, I got the the hats going. Yeah. What are you wearing? What are you wearing there tonight? Today on this episode, I am wearing the Long Island Ducks of the all Atlantic right. League. Yeah, look at that. Cool, cool. Yeah, cool, so cool. Um, I have they, all, all my stuff is still, uh, believe it or not, packed away in boxes up in. Uh, I, I have these great plans of setting up an office and doing, you know, kind of something similar. Like you, you know, basements down here in Texas, which is kind of uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I got spoiled in Pennsylvania because you always had to you always I had, had a basement, basement yeah. which was like the size of your house. You could like do anything down there, you know, right, pretty much. Exactly. You play play some football down there if you wanted to, and and the. Um, you know, you don't have them down here in Texas. So I've, I've got a room and it's kind of set up like a TV room, but never really did anything other than put up a few pictures. And uh, I've always had these grand plans, but you know how that goes. Right? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I do. You know, life, uh, life takes on and, you know, we just get too busy and do all of the things, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I luckily I, for me, I was lucky enough that this is the, I'm, I'm actually now out of the basement and I'm up in the, in, in above the garage, you know, but I have my office here and it's, mm-hmm. it's great. Cool. I love it. And that I'm looks, able to display the hats this way now. 
Yeah, it looks good. You've you're you're just like me too, I bet, right? Um, this whole pandemic thing to me, the the internet finally in the last year and a half or so is kind of behaving what it was intended for. You know, mm-hmm. it's a lot, you know, you know all the nonsense that's out there, right? And it seems like now because of the pandemic and people having to work from home and do zoom meetings and, and, yep. you know, work remotely and all that yep. kind of stuff. Um, it kept people connected, but it also gave people time, I think to, you know, I, I wasn't spending three hours a day in my car. I mean, Correct. I'm, here, I'm here in Houston and I was spending two, three hours a day, you know, commuting um, that now you actually have time to think about, you know, hey, I can spend that three hours, 17% of your life if you're going to get right down to it. I mean, it, you're wasting, you know, it's funny it you say that, right? Because now I get, as soon as I'm done, I just go downstairs, you know, my, my wife and my daughter uh-huh. and a couple of minutes after that are coming home, you know, and all right. that. And now we start cooking and spending time together. And and that's yeah, what the most important part right there at the end of the day is it's family, right? Exactly. I mean, we got the, you know, how it is with kids. You got to have that routine and you're, you're ending up, um, Mm-hmm. this is bath time and this is story time and this is this <laughs> right. is turn this is turn off the light got to go to bedtime you got to keep those those routines going you got you have to you have it's to. to be chaos you know so all right so let me ask you take me back when you know that moment you know not necessarily don't straight pinpoint it i'm not asking you know, <laughs> give me the exact time minutes uh but what you know what what was that that trigger you know that oh, that man. made you a fan of sports altogether boy you know it's funny because i thought about this and people have asked me this before and and i um you know it's it's a strange story i went to catholic schools my whole life mm-hmm. and, and i've been playing you know, little league, my dad coached me when I was little and, and I've always played sports when I was in high school. I, I ran track, I played basketball, I played, was on the golf team, I did all this. We didn't have a football team, so Catholic That's school, right? So so we had we had every other sport though, and I played basketball in the winter and you went through the seasons, right? Mm-hmm. But before that, when I was uh, a kid, I was you know, when I was in grade school, I was going to this Catholic school and there was a thing called the safety patrol uh, mm-hmm. where you would, you would go out there with your little vest on. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Right. So oh, yeah. nobody wanted to be the, the rectory that the priest was in father. Giroux was diagonal from the, from the school. Nobody ever wanted to be on that corner because everybody thought he was like, you know, the Grinch. He was the, the mean, <laughs> and he was an older priest and he was a little, you know, a little cranky when he wanted to be right. So here was my, here was my first time on the, um, on the safety patrol. And that's where they stuck me, the older kids. And you know, I'm in like fourth, fourth or fifth grade. They're the seventh and eighth graders. They stick me over there. Right. So he comes right. out, he comes out and like, I'm, everybody's deathly afraid of this guy. And I had a backpack on that, um, my mom had sewn a Phillies emblem, the old Phillies P that had the ball. That yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, the, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. She had sewed this P on there. Right? It was red with the white ball and the stitching, right? And uh, he comes out and he asks me, uh, and I can't remember the exact way he phrased it, but it was a question about Chuck Klein. Uh, it's something, I think, or maybe it was about... Richie Ashburn, I can't remember. It was about the 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 uh, the 1950 Whiz Kids. He's you know something like that, right? Right. I had no I had no idea what he was talking about, right? <laughs> and so I go home and I ask my mom, and I was a big baseball fan, um, and my dad, and they explained to me what that was. So I went back that next day, and I told him the answer. And so for the next like four or five years of me being on this safety patrol, going to school there, I got to know him. He got to like me. 
through baseball. He was a huge yeah. baseball fan. No one knew he was this huge baseball fan. He knew baseball trivia had played it when he, you know, I just come to find this out later. He had played when he was, you know, younger and, and was really into baseball. And so he, this, this guy, in it, you know, he, he got me down this path where every day I was trying to learn something new that I can go over there and try to stump him. And I never could. <laughs> he <laughs> but knew. that's the fun part about oh, it. Oh, my God. So I did that for years. It went on. And, 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 and we actually grew to be friends. I kept in touch with him after. And, you know, it was, it was really something that got me into baseball history. Because like I said, I was playing it. Yeah. But I had never, I mean, I wasn't, you know, back then it was different, right? Now you have computers and tablets and, and uh, cell Analytics phones. You and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you could Google all that information, right? This was where you had to go and go to the library. And you had to look at the You had to, you know, check out a book and read and exactly, you know, all right? of that. I mean, so, so yeah, so this was a little, so that, that was what I would do. I would, I would go, I would go to the library. I'd find a book or I'd ask my mom or my grandfather who was alive at the time, was a big baseball fan. You know, I'm trying to find out something I could stump him with. And I never could for all those years. So he's the one who actually got me down this path. But like I said, then I played it. Then I, I went to college and I played. Then I got out of college. I was coaching. Um, so I've always been involved, especially in baseball. Yeah. And then uh, um, I worked for the scranton wilkes Red Barons uh, in the late 80s. So that was where I got into the Negro Leagues. You know, yeah. so so they they became a team in 1989. Um they were the AAA team for the Phillies at the time. And I was doing some marketing work for them. And then during the games, I ran the message board in the outfield. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was putting up the graphics and the statistics and doing the balls and strikes on the scoreboard. So it was a lot of fun because we had the organist. We actually had a live organist oh. in, in our booth. Uh, and, and we had the PA announcer, the guy who played the music, and myself. There was four of us in this, in this in the PA booth. booth. And I'll tell you what, they, that was – it's like – they're paying me to do this. I mean, I got to every game. <laughs> this is the most fun I've ever had. Literally best seat in the house, right? Overlooking, looking down on home plate. Uh, I had Brady Anderson followed the ball off my face. <laughs> oh, you know, my God. Brady, you know, do you know who Brady Anderson is? No, uh, no. So Brady Anderson was uh, early 90s into the mid 90s into early 2000s, uh, was an outfielder for um, the Baltimore Orioles. And he uh, was a... I don't want to say a, a light hitting outfielder, but he was, <laughs> but he was fast yeah. and he stole a lot of bases. He was a good defensive player. Never had a lot of power. Um, then he gets to the majors and one season he hit like 12 home runs and then he hit 50. And it's like right when the steroid era was Bro, beginning. I was just going to say, hold and, on a second. Yes. It was right in that hole started, you know, that started to come out where ah, is this guy doing it? So I don't think they ever really said, you know, about Brady Anderson, but it was, it was a little dodgy, right? Like how he could go from 12 or 14 home runs a season to 50. Oh, he literally was, 50. He was an all-star. Yes. And he was uh, yeah, exactly. He was, he was buffed, a little yoke, too. you know, <laughs> but back, back when he was on the Rochester Red Wings, um, we'd have the windows open in the uh in the summertime yeah. and it's pennsylvania so it wasn't all you know wasn't all that hot outside and he followed one back and 
you know, that happened. wasn't the first time it happened. Right. Exactly. I mean, and most it's of the happened time, plenty you, of times, plenty of times. And you just kind of got used to it. Right. Like sometimes they'd hit the glass. Sometimes they'd, they'd fly all the way and hit the back wall. But this time everybody's like, oh, whoop, heads up. And so you just kind of like I'm typing at the keyboard and I lean this way. And here comes the ball. And I even remember reaching like this. Yeah. It went off. It went off the sprinkler head that was up on the ceiling. <laughs> oh my and God. It just ricocheted down, hit me right in the side of the face. There's, oh there's, my God. Yeah. So I'm bleeding over here on the side of my face. The ball's got this big flap cut out of it with, uh, uh, from where it hit the sprinkler head, probably had my blood on it. Right. So the next day, I take this ball down and I sign it. I take it to Brady Anderson and I'm like, can you sign this ball? And he's like, you know, what, what's going on here? And I told him what happened. So he signed it to Phil. Brady Anderson, always keep your eye on the ball. <laughs> and so I still have that ball. I was just going to ask you, do you still have that to this day? Still have that ball in a in a, uh, a little globe, those little ball holder cases, because that's that's been my favorite autograph of all time. Always yeah. keep your eye on the ball, he told me. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fun. So, yeah, those, those were the kinds of things that you, got, you just kind of got used to. But Man, that's then, a that's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, but then 1992, uh, Reggie Jackson has a benefit night for the Negro Leagues, and <laughs> it was to some raise some awareness, raise some money. At the time, these guys were not part of any pension funds, nothing like that, right? So uh, I found out that I didn't know half of baseball history. You know, I, I'm sitting there. We had a luncheon uh, the one uh, one day on, on a Friday. And there's Double Duty Radcliffe and Buck O'Neill and Lester Lockett and, oh my and, God, and all, you know, Josh Gibson Jr. All these guys were there right? when they were still with us. Most of them have passed away by now. Yeah. And you're hearing the stories and you're shaking hands with these guys and they're telling you, you know, about this and about that. And you're hearing this and that. And it's like, are you kidding me? I mean, it just blew me away. So ever since then, I have been hooked, <laughs> you know, so <clears throat> I've done, um, Lots of research, lots of digging, lots of. Uh, I used to be into a game called Stratomatic. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of Stratomatic baseball? You told it's me a, a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a dice and card game, right? Yep. And I created myself and my friend Larry Denicola. We created, it was almost 900 players that we created ratings for, for Stratomatic. And we had this whole set and we would add them to our historical leagues. And mm-hmm. we were, I mean, we were just really, really into it. <clears throat> and <clears throat> then I moved, of course, I moved to to uh virginia and then to texas and i haven't been involved in and you can't make a living in minor league baseball anyway as you well as you well know yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah no not even you, the players can you know yeah, so, exactly they're um, super you got you got to have some serious passion because working in the minors especially the low levels right you mm-hmm. don't you don't no, really make the, a good living even the management at these levels don't make much i mean you're mm-hmm. barely i mean these guys um, you know, the general managers at, at these levels are not making a lot of money. So, uh, but anyway, that, that, this, that whole thing that set me down a path of, of, uh, writing, researching, talking about it. I, I don't think a day, not many days have gone by since 1992 that I haven't talked something with somebody about the Negro leagues. It's been a lot of it, uh, going <laughs> over the years and That's amazing. Hard, to, hard to believe it's 30 years ago. Um, Amazingly, I didn't even know this at the time, but Phil Dixon, who is a uh, researcher and has written many, many books on the Negro Leagues over the years, was one of the founding members of the Negro League uh, Baseball Museum in Kansas City. In Kansas City, yeah. 
Yeah, he's one of the founders of, of that museum. Interesting. He was he was at this benefit in '92. I probably shook his hand. So here I I invite him to come on and talk with me on my uh, live stream, and we started talking and telling him the story. He's like, "Was that in August of '92?" He remembered the whole thing. I mean, we, what? we probably, he was probably at these luncheons that they were there. He he was doing a book tour. He's written a number of books. Um, on Negro League baseball history and, and these players. And he's got, uh, I mean, recordings that he did with these guys that are just like national treasures, you know. That's um, amazing. But he was there. He was going on a book tour. He was headed to New York City from uh, Philadelphia, and it's right on the way. So somebody mentioned it to him. He stopped, and uh, they were there. So it, it's a small world. I mean, I never, 30 years later, would never have thought I would have been it, sitting well, around. Through the power of the Internet right now. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's crazy. Right. Um, but through this, I have met so many really, really uh, interesting people. I mean, I, I had you on because mm -hmm. as I started doing these, it was um, I guess it was August, a little over a year ago when I was talking to Bob Kendrick um, and the pandemic had shut down all of sports at that point. Right. So there yeah. were supposed to have been all kinds of, um, you know, uh, events and things around the 100th anniversary of the Negro National League uh, founding in 1920. But most of those, other than the original kickoff one in February, right, all got shut down. So yeah, because of the pandemic, yeah, because of the pandemic. So he was trying to come up with some ways to try to reboot it and, and get things revitalized. And along comes Major League Baseball with their announcement last December which kind of, I mean, he's on everything. Now, I'm going to ha hopefully have him on soon now that baseball season's over, but he was in a, a hot commodity. Uh, everybody wanted to bob oh, on. Yeah, you know? I mean, his podcast is it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. He keeps emailing me saying, no, we'll, we'll get it. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to do it. One of these days, uh, you know, we're going to figure out a time. I mean, but um, now that baseball's over, but anyway, it got me thinking of what could I do to try mm -hmm. to help because you know people people who knew me uh and some i hadn't seen in years or talked to them or been back to visit in pennsylvania in a long time but they're asking me a lot of questions now <laughs> about this and what record and who's going to is josh gibson going to have 900 home runs and you know i'm trying to explain to them all of the context that went along with it so it got me thinking okay what if i start reaching out to some of these authors and researchers historians um and and bring them on get their work back out there in front of people. Hopefully people can learn something from it. Get Absolutely. Some context. Yeah. Yeah. Get some context and, and maybe it helps them get, you know, people have not seen their work in a while. Maybe it gets people more interested in seeing what they're doing. So uh, I'm up to now, I think I just did my 53rd one. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, today um, with Jonah winter and I've had on uh you know, you know how it goes, right? You, you talk to one person, they tell you about two more and then, and, yeah. more. and then I do a little bit more research on there. And, and I, I am just, uh, like I said, I, I, it's been so much fun to come on. I've learned, uh, I learned, so, I, I like to try to learn something new every day about mm -hmm. something, but talking to these people who have done this work for such a long time, and in many cases, they've met these people. I mean, I had Don Rogerson on. You know, if there's a, um, mm -hmm. if there's a, uh, you know, I guess a Mount Rushmore of <laughs> Negro League authors, uh, you know, there's John Hallway and and Don Rogerson is probably one of them, right? Because he was one of the first ones back in the '70s okay. to go out and start interviewing these guys. He wrote Invisible Men, 
which is uh, considered one of the classic, you know, Negro League uh, stories, books. Mm-hmm. Uh, back, I think it was right around 1980, late 1970s. Is that Invisible Men? Invisible Men is the name of it, yes. And okay. then he also did a, um, a series of, uh, at the time, you know, before there was podcasting, when NPR was doing things like All Things Considered and stuff like that, they did a series of, I think it was, 15, 17 interviews uh, that he had done with guys like Ray Dandridge and uh, Willie Wells and, you know, cool Papa Bell and all these guys that were still alive back in those days. So he's got hundreds of hours of recordings um, of interviews. He sat down with these guys. They also did a documentary uh, called uh, the sun is always shining someplace and it's uh, life in baseball's Negro leagues. And it's a, uh, documentary that uh, i think it's about maybe an hour and 15 minutes long or something i just reached out to um he he asked me what what do you think what can i do with this because if i don't start doing some things with these types of content that he has they're going to wind up in the the smithsonian when he passes away nobody's going to you know (laughs) hear or know about it yeah so i actually so i've been trying to work with him and several other authors and, and researchers to try to get their work into schools and, and colleges that's hopefully, awesome. hopefully into you know curriculum that type of thing but um i reached out to the fellow who you had on that he's involved with i can't remember his name now um he was with the austin revolution uh film festival oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um uh, Let's get James, two. James Christopher. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get two. So he's going to let me know what they think about it. I sent him the link to the, uh, um, to that. Um, and you know, who does the, uh, narration James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. So this, so this is not some two bit <laughs> documentary. This is, this is James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. I mean, he's doing, a, his voice you know, is just, uh, yeah. I mean, oh. and he was, he was coming off of having just been in the movie, um, Bingo Long's Traveling All Stars and Motor oh, Kings. Oh, yeah, with, I, I watched yeah, with part Billy, of that movie. Billy yeah, Williams he was and, in that movie. Richard Pryor, yeah, he played the, the Josh Gibson sort of role in that movie, mm-hmm. and um, he uh, he does the voiceover. And, and an interesting story about that is um, he agreed to do it for, for a couple of reasons. I mean, he he, he loved you know, the fact to be able to tell these, you know, stories again and, and try to raise that visibility on the Negro leagues. But yeah. he also, he also felt that the movie Bingo Long painted a kind of a wishy-washy pi- picture of what it was really like, mm-hmm. uh, made it seem, made it seem way more happy-go-lucky than it maybe really than was. It really was. Yeah. And so he was actually trying to do his part to try to, uh, I don't want to say make amends for that, but to try to set that record straight, that it wasn't just bingo long and his traveling all-stars and mortar Kings. It was a lot of, um, you know, uh, it was a lot of suffering. You <laughs> it know? was, it was a lot of aggravation and, and, and uh, you know, uh, having to deal with that, the Jim Crow, the racism at the time, it wasn't, it wasn't happy. you lucky. I'm sure they did have their fun. You know, don't get me wrong, but listen, they're going to have their fun when they're spent when they're within their own group and all that. Uh, So but but the reality was is is that there was a lot of things going on, you know, that they they experienced and they lived through that. And, you know, uh, it it made uh, them better men for it. Although I wish it wouldn't happen, though. You know, it's 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 an interesting thing, right? I mean, um, yes, you, you go you look back on that and you go. How could this have happened, right? 
I mean, imagine going to work one day and, and you got to make sure you get out, you get back home before the sun goes down because that town, you can't be, can't be there after dark. I mean, that, those kind of crazy things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it just makes you go, what, how, how did we allow that as a country to happen? But, but um, on the other hand, there's, there's a positive out of that. You think about a, a great American story of overcoming and adapting right. and doing what you have to do to make something uh, out of a, you know, kind of a crappy situation, you know, um, they, they, and perform at the level that they did. Which is, you <laughs> yeah. know, and let's be honest here, right? Let, a lot of these players were, you know, by far much, much better than major leaguers Absolutely. Know, in their time. You know, absolutely. So. I mean, certainly. I mean, when they came in after Jackie Robinson, they changed the game. I mean, literally um, for the next decade, 12, 15 years, the majority of all stars and Cy Young Award winners and MVPs and rookies of the year, they all came out of the Negro Leagues, all yep. of them. And then from there, the pipeline that I don't think the Negro Leagues gets enough credit for is what come what came afterwards the latino the latin american connection correct. they all were they were all coming into america into u.s baseball through the negro leagues correct and then that pipeline beginning with you know uh the apparatios and the and the uh yeah, mini minos minosos and and then the, then the alus and then roberto clemente and on and mm-hmm. on and so that whole pipeline and look at where we are today where you know literally um 20 percent or more of the of the major baseball is from the dominican republic alone let alone, alone. You know? that's and then now yeah. venezuela it's on its way up as well yeah absolutely you know? so yeah. Uh, the the game is better now i think it's that it is that it is a diverse sport yes absolutely uh, and, and i think baseball strangely enough and people can say what they want i don't like the product that's being played right now i don't like the three true outcome I, I think that all that is a little bit uh boring i like i like the 80s baseball more uh makes me sound like you know the old man yelling at <laughs> what's that one old man yelling at clouds yeah you know, kind of the, but but the um the game was more strategic and, and there were stolen bases and there were situational hitting and, and it made the game more interesting. You know, I'm glad that you said that because this is something that I've been, you know, saying for a long time now is I think a lot of the players are going for the home run ball right now. Everybody wants to hit a home run, but a lot of players nowadays don't even can't even put a simple bunt down. I know. Right. right? And it's, I am a fan of the small ball. I'm a fan of like, okay, let's move over the player, you know, hit, you know, situational hitting and all that. But it's, it's a lot of it is just, you know, going away because everybody wants to see the home runs or they want to see the big strikeouts or something like that. And it's just, it's it's become very one dimensional. Yeah. I mean, three true outcomes of walk, strikeout home run that is not baseball baseball was intended for the ball to be put in play correct and 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 for things to happen around that um it's not meant i mean heck the very roots of the game there were no strikeouts they pitched underhand it was intended to let the guy hit it i mean i don't know if you're familiar with the early baseball i mean you actually probably had on uh you talked vintage baseball right with um andrew nelson andrew right Uh, so yeah yes i mean so those rules were intended to allow the hitter to hit it if he didn't if he didn't want to swing at it 
He didn't have to. And if he wanted correct. it high, if he wanted it high or low or wherever. And so that was baseball, mm-hmm. not the, the strikeout um, and, and the walk. I mean, it's boring. I mean, you know, most of the time you, you go to a game or you watch a game and people are not even paying attention and, oh, hey, the crowd cheers and they look. That's not the way the game used to be before. I mean, when Ricky Henderson got on base. That's never going to be broken, by the way. His no, stolen not, not at this pace, right? No, not but, at this but, pace, no. But when he got on base, people sat up in their seats and they watched. They paid attention because they wanted to see Ricky run, right? I mean, that was part Correct. of the game. When Ozzie Smith was in the field, and there are some great, terrific fielders out there, don't get me wrong. Right. Um, but, you know, if if most of the outs now are strikeouts, I mean, you don't have the opportunity to see maybe the same types of plays that an Ozzie Smith was making kind of thing. But anyway, I, I, I liked the game uh, years ago, but um, got off on a tangent there. But. No, no, I get it. Listen, I, I've been on this tangent for a while now. It, yeah. it, I am a fan of. Like I said, I'm a fan of small ball just because it's it, one. It makes it a lot more interesting. It it truly does become a a, a chess game at that point, right? Because it is now yeah. you're trying to figure out what the other team is going to do, what the, how they're going to pitch, how you know all of that. You know, I think half of the the reason why these guys are buying into the three true outcomes is because that's where the bucks come from. You know, the the home run. You know, chicks dig the long ball. Yeah. So do so do general managers. And same, same thing with pitchers and strikeouts. I mean, you know, hey, he throws a uh, hundred and two. Oh yeah, let's let's sign him to a multi million dollar deal yeah, till he blows until he, he blows can, his arm out. You know, right. Uh, and that, or you know, can are, is he able to control that hundred and you know hundred mile an hour, you know, fastball yeah. and not you know I, be all over the place. I read something crazy the other day, and I don't know if it's true. I haven't verified it yet, but the Cincinnati Reds, um, I know you're a Cleveland fan, but maybe you get some Cincinnati news up there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had heard that they they had let go their uh, pitching coach and um, or somebody. I can't remember who it was. A, something to do with pitching in the, in the Cincinnati Reds organization. And in the article I was reading, it said that over the tenure that the guy was there, there were 26 pitchers who underwent surgery, arm surgery, Jeez. In the Cincinnati Reds organization, something's not right there. <laughs> if you're throwing so hard that eventually your arm pops, something's not. You should not right. be doing that. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Um, yeah, I remember when I was a, a, a kid, well, I was in high school, I guess, at the time, but Billy Martin got criticized like crazy uh, in 1980, 81 time frame. He was managing the Oakland A's mm-hmm. after he got fired for the 17th time with the Yankees, right? <laughs> he was managing at Oakland. And he had a season there where he pitched basically his five starting pitchers all through you know, close to 300 innings, if not more. And the rest of his bullpen, the top guy pitched like 30, 40 innings. And then that was it. He basically put his starters out there and they pitched the whole game. And, and uh, sure enough, uh, you know, these guys, Rick Langford, Steve McCaddy was another one, Mike Norris, they were all on that pit on that, that team. Several years later, they were all out of baseball because they just had uh, that. <laughs> and now think of it now, these guys, and they probably weren't throwing a hundred and, too so how much strain you put on your arm it just can't last you know? at the same so I guess time you, i guess you do it you try to get the big contract and then uh, get paid at get the same paid, time yeah. though like you, you you don't see these pitchers anymore though going a full it's very rare that they go a full you know game right you're looking at no. five six seven eight i love and then you i love wheeler uh with the uh phillies because 
uh, he goes out there and he he uh, tries to finish. You know, I think he, you know, it's a joke, right? Because I think right. he, he had three or five complete games this year, and that led the league. <laughs> but but you know, look at where's the, the team at? <laughs> yeah, I know. So the uh, uh, yeah, the game is different for sure today. So. But yeah, sorry, sorry, got off on it. Got off on it. No, I mean, you kidding me? This is what the whole point of this <laughs> this, this podcast is all about. is It's yeah. a it's a flowing conversation, my friend. <laughs> so uh, you know what I wanted to mention to you though, we were talking about these people I've had on. Um, mm-hmm. One of the great things that besides then I had I had you on, I had Andrew on, I had other people on. I started running into all these other little passions right i started finding out that yeah there's people writing music there's people uh doing acting they're writing poetry they're doing short films they're doing everybody has their own way of expressing um whatever that is oh my god it's it's been so much fun yeah um the artists the card artists that are doing you know that type of work i mean so i think that's what's been to me the most fun of having some of these conversations is that yeah to hear how everybody finds their niche what they like about it and then they run with it and, and the method of, behind it right because they they, yeah. they each one of them have a different method of how they approach whatever oh, yeah doing yeah yeah you're right um the uh i had a guy on uh i'm not sure if you're a music fan or not but um yeah, I know you've heard of Bob Dylan, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so John Prine was another one. It's kind of kind of folk rock, kind of that that style of music. And um, I had a guy on Dan Byrne. His name is. He's a uh, singer, um, very talented artist, <clears throat> who's that type of music. Yeah. He's a big baseball fan, and he has whole albums that he dedicated to. Uh, um, baseball he's he grew he lived in california to the giants and dodgers rivalry he also did several songs on the negro leagues he did a song called josh gibson that would blow you away and you know what was crazy ed he did it live on my live stream no Uh, way yes he played the song josh gibson on my live stream which was so much oh yeah i mean he he was touring he's he was in peoria illinois in his hotel and it was the we did it earlier in the afternoon because he was playing a show that night in peoria but uh this is a guy that's for 30 years been touring around the country and and when he got locked in his basement like we did for the pandemic (laughs) right he actually called it that i think he i think he called his his little live stream that he did locked locked in my basement or something and he did shows from his from his basement that's amazing uh, and but he you know he said he had so much fun he goes he, he loves interacting with people and so to be able to zoom these and live stream these that's concerts awesome. he was doing but people would interact and ask him questions while he was playing and it was he said it was he said he had a blast i mean he, he likes to be back out on the road and doing what he's doing but uh but there's a guy who uh there was music and he found a way to incorporate you know his his kind of his love his passion for baseball and negro leagues because that's the kind of storyteller he's a storyteller that's the type of music that he writes and so mm-hmm. uh it, it's just fun it's just uh, just a lot of fun to see these people doing these kinds of things i like i like the 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 live show you know thing uh i i've toyed with the idea of eventually doing you know just one episode just logging in live and just you know having conversation you don't, you don't know who's going to be able to watch it at the time you know so right. 
So uh, we'll see eventually uh, Mm -hmm. in the future. Yeah. You know, uh, I do them just only because the only reason I, the only reason I do them that way Mm -hmm. is because, um, well, a couple of reasons, but Twitch, um, you get it free. If you have an Amazon membership, you get a Twitch yeah. Prime, right? So it gives you a little bit of perks of, of uh, you know, uh, more s- space and the different things you get out of it, right? Right, right. But, but the, uh, the biggest reason is, is that, um, you know, if you're familiar with Twitch, it was intended for gaming, for Correct. playing, you know, Call of Duty and, and Madden and that kind of stuff online decades ago when it first started. But then Amazon bought them, Um I want to say maybe three, four, five years ago. And so now there's live music on there. There's concerts, there's sporting events, there's talk shows, there's all kinds of things on there. Besides, you know, the same streaming of whatever, no, nobody watching somebody plays, you know, Call of Duty zombies or whatever. But the, um, the it, because it tends to still be a younger crowd, I'm doing them on there, hoping that, you know, if people come and they step on it, I'm trying to get these stories in front of the next, you know, this next generation, you know, there's yeah. gotta be, you know, these, some of these guys, you know, you talk to about Larry Lester, Phil Dixon, you know, Bob Kendrick telling these stories. A lot of these guys have been doing this for a long, long time. And at some point though, um, and without them doing it, who knows, you know, if these stories would still have been going, but they, they were able to keep it going. But now there's so much more that can still be told and still be researched and still be done. There needs to be the next, you know, wave. And I'm hoping that eventually it gets, uh, it gets them, it gets some younger people. So I I have had on some younger people that have been uh, uh, on that have um, found an interest in, in, in the Negro leagues and, and, you know, you prop them up. Like we talked about before, you know, you got to kind of support each other kind of thing, you know? Correct. And it's all about supporting and the beauty of everything that, you know, that you're doing and that I'm doing and other other people are doing on the podcast and their shows is everything is different. And that's the beauty of it. Right. I can say, hey, man, you guys got to check out this this podcast because, you know, and even if it was something like mine, I wouldn't care. I like I like to, you know, to help out and support other people because they're putting hard work on that, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, doing some editing on, on, uh, for, for a single podcast for a little bit of time, right. For even for a half hour, 45 minutes, it takes some mm-hmm. time to get all of sure. that done. Yeah. 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 It does. Uh, and, and, you know, you're, you're taking, you have guests on and they, they're, everybody's time is valuable. You're trying to juggle and you're trying to get them on. And yep. I mean, heck, I, like I said, I, I, ah, boy, the people I've had on have blown me away. And, and the reason why that they've agreed to do it is, is they all like kind of the concept of what I'm trying to do here. I'm, I'm trying to get those stories of, of not about the Negro leagues. I'm not, I mean, I, I am, I'm telling, I'm helping to tell these stories, but I, I'm trying to get the people who have been telling the stories right. back out in front of people. And, and, and hey, boy, that guy wrote a book about what? Yeah, oh, wow. the baseball team was in my town. I mean, you see what I put out on Twitter every day. I mean, every Correct. day I try to put out um, something. I want to say what town he was from. I want people to realize if they just looked around, there was probably a footprint somewhere from the Negro leagues, whether it was a player or a tour or, a, uh, you know, a barnstorming game was played there. Something happened. And, and if you just looked around, you're going to find it. So uh, absolutely. Yeah. Because they, they, I mean, the Negro leagues, like I said, I don't think they get the credit for this, but they literally spread the game 
across the whole Western Hemisphere and, and to Japan. I mean, you know, there was a, the Negro Leaguers were going to Japan in, in the 20s and 30s. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they have had a, a hand in a lot of things that I hope people start to uh, you know, want to find out more about. That's the next thing I want to get into next is, uh, and I still got many more people to interview when it comes to the Negro Leagues and Latin baseball. Uh, but I want to start touching on that um, the uh, Asian, the pan pan Asian, you know, connection between oh, be Japan awesome. and 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 uh, you know Korean baseball. And I've got some people lined up to do that down the road. So that that should be a that should, that, be should be, that should be very, yeah. you know, like I said, very fun, interesting. I like that. I like that aspect. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've had a lot of people on from uh, talking Puerto Rican baseball in the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. I, you know, you, you had to talk to him, uh, Danny Torres of Talking Twenty One, Roberto Clemente. He'd probably come on and talk to you about oh. about his thing. You know, yeah. he's he's a um, he has a podcast called Talking Twenty One, mm-hmm. and they it's a Roberto Clemente centered, but. Um, they talk a lot of uh, Latin baseball. Uh, I had uh, Adrian Burgos, who's a uh, written num- number of books on on uh, the Negro League Latin uh, connection. Uh, Rob Ruck, who wrote this book, unbelievable book called Tropic of Baseball, that delves right down to when it first started between the Dominican Republic and the Negro Leagues and the U.S. baseball. Uh, so many people have done so much great work. Um, this week I had on... Um, Raul Ramos, who covers uh, the Mets and Yankees for Baseball Ahora. <laughs> I love <laughs> he, it. He's, yeah, he's in uh, he's in New Jersey, but he, mm-hmm. they do a, a Spanish speaking coverage of Major League Baseball. Unbelievably great guy. Would probably love to, you know, probably, I would love probably love to talk to you about you know whatever you wanted to talk about. Um, another one who's written and done research on that uh, Latin connection between. Uh, uh, the Negro Leagues and, um, uh, you know, Puerto Rico or you know, Cuba, mm-hmm. those types of things. So, so many stories. I mean, my goodness gracious. I mean, there's just a, um, yeah, I'm a definitely lot of history. To reach out to, especially the Talking 21. Is, I mean, you got to think, you know, Clemente is like, you know, he is it. You know, when, when you talk about Puerto mm-hmm. Rican, you know, royalty, that's he is, mm-hmm. you know, he is the royalty right there. You know, well, it's, it's funny, right? Because uh, interesting, you said he is he, when people think of Puerto Rican baseball, they think of uh, of um, Roberto. But before Roberto, Roberto's mentor, Roberto's uh, who he looked up to mm-hmm. was a fellow by the name of Francisco Coimbre, mm-hmm. who uh, was the superstar in Puerto Rico before Roberto Clemente, <laughs> you know, so everybody has, and origin. he wasn't the first Puerto Rican major leaguer either. Like uh, no. it wasn't, no, uh, it was, uh, uh, Iran Bithorn who was the yeah. first Puerto Rican, um, uh, major way back leaguer. in the way back in the thirties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The baseball stadium in, uh, in San Ponce, Juan, right? is is, is, yeah. San Juan. Okay. It's named after him. Yeah. I mean, uh, yes. Uh, boy, the stories, I mean, the stories I, I'm going to have on, uh, um I, I can't remember his first name. Um, I know his last name is Delgado. He is a Puerto Rican baseball historian. And we're going to talk um, more about the history of baseball in Puerto Rico. And uh, the brothers. Uh, and, you got to let yeah. me know that I'm definitely yeah. interested. Yeah. So uh, it's been fun. And like I said, you know, it's like little, um, 
you know, you start pulling the thread and then and eventually you find more things and more things and more things. And it spreads I mean, a wide open. Yeah. My goodness. Like I said, I, I've had on musicians. I've had on um, uh, April Mathis, who is the actress who played Tony Stone in the off-Broadway play, Tony Stone, about, no. uh, about the, the first woman to play in the Negro Leagues. And she came on my, she came on my show, uh, I don't know, about two months ago. Unbelievable to talk to her about how she prepared and, 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 and went into that. And, and if you've not seen the trailers for the show, Tony Stone, it'll blow you away because it, they act out, you know, her life in a Negro League baseball game on a stage. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. I got to take a look at that as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so so she was just so much fun to have on. And 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 the thing about it, as you know, you keep in touch with these people. Uh, yeah, you, absolutely. You, know? you create and, and, a lifetime of friendships there. Yeah, I think it's it's been it's been so much fun. And the people that I've talked to, uh, my wife being a teacher, as I think I mentioned to you before, she's a bilingual mm -hmm. teacher here in Houston. And uh, so all three of my boys all speak Spanish uh, much better than I do, <laughs> but we make sure that, that they do. I mean, both of my older boys are fluent, you know, but um, the uh, connection to teaching and education, that's always been a hot button for me. Mm -hmm. and, and so I'm trying to see if I can get some of these um authors and researchers and have written books, especially for younger kids. I mean, the fellow I had on today, uh, John, Jonah uh, Winter, he's written all sorts of books on baseball history, but also other issues, mm -hmm. uh, social issues mostly, um, but also about Frida Kahlo. Uh, oh, wow. You know, uh, also about, uh, you know, Dizzy Gillespie and about, uh, you know, Jelly Roll Morton and music. And But he writes them for middle school on down kids. You want to see these books, Ed, I'll tell you what, they'll That's blow amazing. you away. And he has got illustrators who do these books that are like world famous artists that have, and, and some who aren't, but who are darn good, who, and he's done some of his own illustrating, uh, but he's able to, and we talked through that process of how he, I mean, to me, it's harder. I mean, I could probably sit down and bullshit my way through a 500-page <laughs> a, a book, right? Because yeah. I know I know a lot of words, right? You know, I'm yeah. like somebody I'm like somebody famous who was president recently. Yeah, I know words. I know the best words, and so <laughs> I I can probably do that. But to try to boil it down to the key points, yes, because you're trying to hold the attention of a nine-year-old. <laughs> Which is not and, an easy thing to do. And you're, yet you're trying to tell a story that is going to be fair to the, the person or the, the topic you're telling that story about. That's got to be not that easy. And, and you know, he's written these books for that age group. It's just, I mean, so much fun. Like I said, I, I've, I've stepped on uh, so many cool things and topics and, and it's been uh, um it's been it's been fun. I'm gonna I gotta try to definitely keep gotta take a look at you said talking twenty one. I'm gonna look talking at that. Well, he's trying to the effort to try to retire twenty one across. Uh, I'm which I'm a hundred percent behind. Yeah, yeah and it, it's long overdue. To be honest with you, yeah, it really is. Uh, you know how many people I talk to that don't know the full story about Roberto Clemente, or maybe they knew he played for the Pirates but had no idea that the tragic way that he that he died um and yeah he, i mean yeah <laughs> it's and he wasn't drafted by the pirates either 
No, he was not. He was by the Brooklyn Dodgers. Brooklyn That's Dodgers, right. and they tried That's to right. hide him in the minors. You know, crazy, right? crazy and that's what i'm saying it's like you know a lot of people don't know that and i'm like oh my god but such a good I, and i'm surprised there still hasn't been a movie made yeah about him yeah yeah he could have been on uh the brooklyn dodgers with jackie imagine uh, that imagine right i mean i i was just reading an article the other day about originally though the team that had the um papers all but drawn up to have him Willie Mays and Jackie Robinson was Boston and they didn't, and they didn't pull the trigger. Uh, imagine imagine, yeah, imagine if they would have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the time they would have had those three plus Ted Williams. Oh my God. <laughs> Can you imagine the power right there alone? <laughs> yeah. Nobody would have been able to get a hit off of those guys. I, I they would have caught everything. That lineup. Uh, I can't even imagine the lineup of like Jackie leading off. And then, uh, you know, Clemente and then Willie Mays and then Ted Williams. I mean, that's Oof. just would be insane. Uh, whatever order you badge them in. Doesn't you know? matter. Yeah. Like, anyway, that's just a uh, gauntlet of hitters right there. That's the great thing about baseball, too, though, right? It's the endless storytelling and rehashing and mm -hmm. what ifs. And boy, we should have done that. And why didn't we trade for this guy? And <laughs> Why do we sign that guy? I mean, that's what makes well, they, oh, who's to be fired now because we need to start all over and, you know, yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's that's what makes baseball so fascinating is the endless rehashing of of all of it. And, and uh, you know, like I said, I, I think with the Negro Leagues, the stories that you're just scratching the surface on some of this stuff. I mean, and, and some of the things things you know we'll probably never know because of the oral history is dying you know unless we start documenting all of that which a lot of people yeah. have been doing i'm not i'm not saying that you know but a lot of it just falls through a cracks it's just a, just the way it goes you know boy oh boy and and in talking to some of these researchers uh and authors over these months telling me stories about leslie heafy was telling me that she's written books on women's baseball women in baseball and but also she was on that negro league 2006 uh, committee that put in um, the 17 members back in 2006. And so she's very knowledgeable on the Negro Leagues baseball in general, right? Mm -hmm. But she was telling me a story about how she had someone call her uh, saying that by like less than a week, they had torn down a building in some place in New Jersey that um, there were some papers that did survive um, that you know, most of it just got thrown away, went to a landfill or went into the, you know, the dumpster at some point. But it turned out it was like the offices of some of like the Atlantic City, the Bacharach Giants or something. I can't remember what it was. Oh, my God. I, I have to go back and listen to the tape when we talked about it. But but, uh, you know, uh, there was probably who knows what <laughs> that got just destroyed right i mean uh so many things like that that you know they're just going into the dustbin of history you know the wrecking ball kind of thing and Correct. you go boy oh boy i mean how many how, who what's sitting in somebody's attic right now who knows what what accounts the history what, that's sitting just there just somewhere. waiting to be discovered yeah no it, it's uh and that's what kind of is exciting it makes it kind of fun you know but mm -hmm. um but man, I, I tell you what, you, you wonder what's been lost already. And that's why telling the stories are so important because uh, Correct. if you don't, um, you know, then two things happen. Um, one, you know, they get forgotten about, 
or you allow someone else to tell a different story. <laughs> and that's for many years, that was kind of what happened with the Negro Leagues. Um, there was a lot of people that were telling the stories, uh, not necessarily from, you know, the most positive of, uh, in the most positive angles. light. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that's what happens when you don't, um, you know, keep up with some of this stuff because you're now you're allowing someone else to correct kind of have the narrative and, uh, you might not like what the way that turns out. <laughs> you're right. All right, my friend, we are at that point. Are right. we ready? Are you ready for my famous, not so famous questions? Sure. Absolutely. Let's bring them on. All right. So we're just going to be random. Whatever comes to your mind, go for it. Okay. All right. The first question is, um, when you go to the ballpark, what is your first choice? What do you, which, what's the snack that you get or the drink that you get when you go to the ballpark? Pretzel and mustard and a beer. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Local beer, you know, because a lot of uh, these places now have their local or do you have yeah. a, a beer of choice? No, uh, whatever would be local. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a couple, couple beers here in Texas that are they have at the uh, uh, Minute Maid that are uh, local that are pretty good. I like the darker ones. So that's why. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. <laughs> All right. I like it. I like it. Um, okay. Would you be would you rather be able to fly or be invisible? Oh, uh, boy be invisible okay i like it <laughs> just to be a fly on the wall and you yeah, know yeah yeah you never know what you're gonna hear or see yeah. <laughs> uh pancakes <laughs> or waffle oh boy pancakes gotcha okay yeah all right i like it i like it okay um favorite ice cream flavor favorite ice cream flavor pistachio oh my wife loves pistachio ice cream yeah i love pistachio ice cream uh, okay uh what was your nickname growing up uh, you know, it's weird. I didn't really have one, but no, um, no. Um, uh, most people, you know, over the years, they just call me PT. Like, I like P it. PT Barnum. I don't know. I know, but just my, <laughs> my, my, my initials, you know, uh, I, like I, it. I, I, I never really had a nickname, you know, it, it's kind of strange how that it's was just one I, of those things. Yeah. My name was unique enough Correct. that people didn't need to uh, really mm -hmm. make up a nickname. I, I was the only one most of the time. <laughs> It, that's a, not, that's a good thing. Yeah. There you go. It makes you unique, my friend. Yeah. Uh, first fruit that comes to mind. Banana. Okay. Um, it's a hot dog, a sandwich. No. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> uh, what color is your toothbrush? Uh, it is like a turquoise blue. Got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. This is amazing. Uh, okay. Um, is there like a score? Am I going to get nope, scored? No, nope, just, just random just stuff, random? you know, right. everybody, everybody's a winner. All right. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Um, let's see the first word that comes to your mind now. Uh, first word that comes to mind. Uh, you said boy, a whole bunch already. My boy, <laughs> my boy is always on my mind. There you go. I love it. Love it. Um, okay. Um, if your life had a mascot, mascot, what would it be? What would be the mascot uh, for your life so far? I think um, I would have to say like a hawk, nice a bird, some sort of bird, an osprey, maybe something it's more an aquatic bird, like an aquatic bird of prey. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, is cereal a soup? No. 
I like it. I like it. If an animal could talk, which one do you think would be the rudest animal? The rudest animal? Yeah. Uh, if it could talk, right? I'd have to say probably a baboon would be pretty rude. <laughs> yeah. That, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's see. I got so many questions. I got to keep, you know, changing them because yeah, people, rotate they, them around. Oh, yeah. I, listen, it's right here on, the, on my notebook. You know, me and my wife, we sit down and we uh -huh. just, you know, we come up with uh, <laughs> with questions to ask. You know, hey, the, she's the CFO. I tell, I tell everybody she's the CFO of all this whole thing that I'm doing right now. That's right. Without her, this doesn't go. That's right. Um. Okay. So let's see. Chocolate or caramel? Chocolate. Good answer. I like it. I like it. Um, cake or pie? Ooh, boy, that really depends. <laughs> that really depends, you know, because I like a good uh, Tres Leches cake. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> but you know what? I kind of I kind of like a good apple pie, too, you know, so it really would depend on my mood. I guess if top. I had I guess if I had to pick, though, I'd go with Tres Leches cake. Yeah. Yeah. Good answer. I like it. Yeah. Uh, pineapple on a pizza. Yeah or nay? No. No good way. man that no is a great way my, my my wife and my middle son love their hawaiian pizzas with their canadian bacon or the ham and mm -hmm. pineapple i can't eat it i i have to order either at half and half or i have to oh, order, order a your own separate one a medium <laughs> with hawaiian because i i can't do it i, I, I like it just can't like bring it bring myself to eat pizza with pineapple <laughs> love it jalapenos uh, yes <laughs> but, the, but yeah no no i don't know no, I, I, no I don't pineapple. know if i can do it i don't know if i can do it um okay so where can people find you on on social media so i am legend sports three because somebody along the lines uh decided to take you know, one and decided two, huh? to take one and two i guess i'm legend sports three on twitter uh, I I'm on Instagram. I don't really do it that mm -hmm. much, but it's under legend sports on Instagram. But, um, if you went to Twitch, uh, and on, um, let me take a look at my YouTube here, the, uh, actual URLs, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I, I know I'm Twitch slash backslash legend sports, but what is my YouTube? I don't even know. Let's see here. <laughs> and and the only reason that I'm I'm uploading them to YouTube okay. is because they don't go away. I haven't I haven't really tried to push anybody. And somehow I have nine I have nine people who started following me. I haven't said a word to anybody about it even being on there. I I I, I make I don't, it ten. Uh, yeah, it it, it it's, I it's just been did. You found it? I ju I just did right there. I, I know. I think. I went cool. on your on your website, uh, legendsportsinc.com. Uh, yeah, yeah. And right there it was. I went ahead and I uh, all right. Um, yeah, I, I think you yeah, further down the bottom. Awesome, thank you, sir. Yeah, because I haven't pushed it, but the reason why I'm keeping, I started putting them there is because they won't go away. Correct. The thing, the thing about Twitch is, um, you know, with the Amazon, with that membership, you have, um, I think it's sixty or ninety days. Mm -hmm. But eventually they'll cycle them out um, and you can't keep them. I, and I imagine that's because they probably have 
who knows how many millions of people. Right, like, exactly. I, I mean, it does. It was decided for the for the for the gamer, right? So they don't for care. streaming. Yeah. So that's you know. So most people streaming, they're they're watching it live, and then they're moving on. It's not really meant to be a correct. Uh, correct. Uh, you know, a, a an archive of things. So so I started putting them on on YouTube just for that reason. So but well, yeah, cool. I appreciate that. I, I'm probably going to start to push that a little bit more eventually. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, one, once I get to where I can, I so you're doing some editing and some other things i i've i've uh i have not had um, okay. that wherewithal I, yet i say editing but you know it's one of those things where it's like you know i'm i'm learning as i go right yeah that's I mean, me. it's not my day job you know right so. exactly i still got another job that i gotta do and um I, i'm having a lot of fun with it though don't get me wrong you know i just recently bought a new computer so that has you know all this stuff that i can use you know for it now but yeah no it's it's been a lot of fun i'll say i i'm I'm an I'm Apple glad, guy. I'm glad you're doing it. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's. Um, it's been uh, good. I mean, you you like talking to people. You you enjoy hearing about new things. I know when I had oh, you, yeah. but like I said, it's been five six months ago already. I mm -hmm. guess right. And 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 it just was a lot of fun. And I thought at the time. Yeah, you know what? I could see you doing. Matter of fact, we talked about it right after we that. We did. We talked I said, about why, it. I said, why aren't you doing this <laughs> with what you're doing? You know, and, and look a couple at me months, now. a couple months later, you were. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of glad. I, I'm really and glad I, you are doing and it. And I've been telling people. I listen. Since that day, what I've been doing is I've taught myself a lot of the stuff. Right? I go on YouTube, and I've looked at you know a lot of places where I could you know host a, my podcast and all that stuff. Uh, the the electronics and microphones and all that you know because mm -hmm. i'm just starting you you got to think of it this yeah. as a hobby right so yeah. i didn't I you build it a lot of money on it so i was like okay mm -hmm. what's the microphone for most affordable and all this other stuff so and this is what you get yeah but i mean you got a nice you got a great looking setup going on there man you got that uh you got like the boom in front of you there with yeah. your microphone and all that good stuff that looks it good. makes it easy with, yeah. with my very high-end you know minions uh headset of course that's okay yeah i might not even know gotta be unique probably, about it these are my these are my sons from his from his xbox i think i just started using them because <laughs> they worked when i plugged them in i'm like okay why am i going to spend another you know whatever for for headphones these work these are fine there you uh, go yeah eventually started, i'll probably do it. i started to be honest with you uh, i started with the microphone but i also had um my apple uh headset that i was using so i just plugged in my apple headset and then yeah. the microphone and it worked yeah, no, it, 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 that's the beauty. I think I mentioned this to you before about the pandemic has allowed people to kind of explore some some things that they were maybe into and never had the time. Uh, and that's what you do. You just jump on in there. You, you have to take advantage doing of the situation. It. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, you, you're you on there, I think. Um, that that podcast, whatever nation or whatever the heck that on Twitter, right? Where they, they, they put out little things, they ask questions, all that kind of stuff. And one of them was... Um, you know what what have you learned what have you what do you like what don't what you like? What learned? yeah and so one of them i can't remember what it was with the exact wording of the question was but first thing i thought of was you know what just jump on in there don't don't worry about i mean you know yeah, yeah. you know you're gonna make mistakes and you're gonna have things you know but nobody's expecting this to be if, you know if you go back you know? and listen to my first one Compared to now, yeah, boy, I, boy. I've grown up as a you know as a podcaster. I have, I still got miles and miles to go. So mm -hmm. don't, you know, I'm tooting my horn, but I'm not. I'm, I'm, at the same time, I'm saying like I, I got, I got time to you know to build more on this. But you know that comes from the confidence level, right? Of mm -hmm. uh, of being able to, uh, you know, the first time 
And I, you know, when I was going to school, one of the classes that they made us take in high school was um, speech. Yep, and took that and, class. They, and they made you be on the debate team. It was this little Catholic high school, right? There was only like a hundred kids that I graduated with, right? So you, you, you know, if you had half a brain, you were usually doing something with the math bowl or whatever you were, right? Yep. So I, I, so I was on the debate team, and that was part of trying to get you used to, you know, out of your yes, comfort sir. zone. You, you getting in front of people and and being able to talk and being able. And I'll tell you what, that has helped me immensely over the years. Um, you know, being able to, in, in what I've been doing for a living, I, I've been in, in uh, manufacturing finance is my, my day job. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I do a lot of, I talk a lot, right. But it, it's business related. Right. So even though, even with that, doing the first ones that I was doing, yeah, there was a little bit of apprehension. I mean, you yeah, don't want to make it, you, you know don't want to jump in. Yeah, but you know you don't want to make a fool out of yourself. You don't want to sound stupid. You don't want to, and and I probably did. I probably still do. But you know what? Uh, you just got to kind of go with it. And, uh, See, I'm I'm the first. I'm the I'm the guy to tell you. It's like you know what? I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, screw it. You know, and then whatever happens, happens. So yeah. Now you've had on a lot of guests that are similar to yourself, uh, right? In their in their passions of collecting and 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 so forth. Um, when I had on the baseball mappers, I told him, I said, you guys got to get on your map. And I said, everybody ought to be on that map as far mm -hmm. as, you know, being a sponsor with those guys. But that's, I think you, if you work towards trying to get these guys who are people with these minor league baseball teams would be fantastic. You know, would be uh, a lot of fun, I think for you, but also I think it's worthwhile for them. Yep. I actually had the GM of the uh, Burlington Sock Puppets the other day. Cool. So yeah, good you, start guy. Getting, you start getting more of those types of people to come on. You'll grow your audience. They'll, they'll get a little bit of, uh, you know, it's like I said, supporting people. You, you got to help each Correct. other out. So, um, yeah, I hope, I hope you hope you get to that point where, uh, where you've got, um, the ability to talk to these other people that you're wearing their hats. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not just talking about their stuff. You're hanging on your wall and you're putting it on your head and you're, it's a beautiful wall. I like, I like my yeah. wall a lot. <laughs> and I, I like, I like the little blurbs you put out about, uh, I think that's a pretty cool little touch that you put out on Instagram when you mm -hmm. talk about your dad hat and, and, uh, you know who they are, what they are. I mean, that, that's kind of that's to them. They ought to be all over that kind of stuff to get people, um, you know, involved that are that are doing that kind of thing. And as you, I think, as you keep doing more of those, you're going to start meeting more and more uh, people. Um, and that's the point. Along that's those the, lines, that's the yeah. hope, my friend. That's the yeah, hope. Yeah, good man. I I wish you, I wish you well. You know, dad hats off to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. I really. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. Uh, anytime man. i definitely learned a lot um so <laughs> you know uh again thank you so much no no problem man appreciate it take care you too my friend Bye. i hope you guys enjoy that episode with philip make sure you guys are following him on social media okay as well as his youtube channel so that way you guys are always in the know when he is uh, putting up some more uh information regarding uh Negro leagues baseball and then now He's going to be releasing some information regarding, you know, Latin players. So there's going to be a lot of cool stuff that he's going to be working on. Uh, before I go, you guys already know. 
make sure you guys are subscribed to this podcast so you guys are always in the know uh, make sure you guys are giving it five stars so we go up on the on the on the rankings okay and then lastly make sure you guys are telling at least one more person about this uh, podcast so you guys uh, can uh, both have fun okay uh, and until then keep on grinding and always support the minor leagues see ya This podcast is part of the Curved Brim Media Network. Here are some of the other members of Curved Brim Media. Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. I'm Paul Caputo, and on the Baseball by Design podcast, I talk to minor league baseball teams, designers, and other super interesting people about what these minor league baseball logos mean. And I talk a little bit about ice cream helmets. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna Tommaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series, and in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at at PatLarson1. I hope you guys enjoy. This is Patrick and Corey of BaseballMapper.com, and we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball, so get on the site and find a team near you today. Learn more about Curve Brim Media at CurveBrimMedia.com. <laughs>